Hello and welcome to the 361 Degrees Podcast Season 4, Episode 5. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ray Blanford from the All About Sites. And I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm okay. Rafe? I'm doing very well, thank you. Why are you doing, uh, yeah, why are you doing well? Uh, well, I was just being polite, because actually it's Sunday evening as we're recording this, and there's a busy week up ahead, but it's going to be a very, very exciting week, because there's a great thing happening at the end of the week. Oh, what's that? Well, I do believe there's going to be a 361 live event. Bring it on. Well, am I wrong? You're not wrong. It's the fastest organised ever 361 <laughs> Degrees Live. It's, we've decided that this, this whole organising it long time in advance and giving everyone loads of notice, that's rubbish. What we should do is is organise it really in a hurry. So um, that's what we've decided to that's do. That's the boys for the men, I think. Well, in, in, indeed. And uh, I find myself crying in the playground, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, Ewan, just remind me where we are with the 361 Degrees Live event, a part of Internet Week. I'm well, that's right. So Internet Week is starts tomorrow, I believe. And it's a whole big festival of joy about uh, the Internet. Although the focus, I think... Uh, is is on desktop internet. That tends to be what it means. So we have decided to do a an event that's part of this festival. So on Friday at uh, LBI's office, uh, LBI are a very big, well-known, uh, loving it, big mobile agency. Are they big? Did you mention big? Yeah, very yeah. big. Uh, do you know what the thing with LBI is? Their, their brand, I don't think, uh, represents just how big they are. There you go. They're very big. Right. They certainly have a big office and they have fridges full of beer, which always makes me happy. <laughs> right, and uh, massive clients. Anyway, so they're, they're hosting us, very kind of them, as they did last time. And uh, we are, our topic is basically along the lines of desktop internet is dead, long live mobile internet. Uh, we are doing the question time format, the BBC question time format, and we have quite a lot of panellists. Um, we're just working that out. It's almost almost done. And I think it's going to be a, an exciting one. What do you reckon, gents? Yes, I think it's going to be cool because I, um, I know for certain we've got um, Andrew Grill on, uh, a f- friend of the show. Yes. Uh, Hello, Andrew. Uh, yeah. If, if you if, if you don't know Andrew, Andrew is CEO of, of Cred. K R E D. That's yeah. it. it. They sort of do clever things about measuring your social influence, which is pretty much a question I never ask about myself because it's it's zero, um, <laughs> but. What's been really interesting for me is that Andrew works both in the UK and the US, and he's been doing awesome things about testing out the new 4G network in the UK and has really taken them to task. He's been in the papers and everything about their rubbish launch. Um, So he's going to be on the panel. And, um, well, if it all comes off, we're really hoping to have someone from an operator there as well to talk about it too. So that could be fiery. It could be quite exciting if we have someone from everything everywhere, wouldn't it? We well, we should definitely try hard. Mm. We should definitely try hard. So that um that invite you threw at their front door last week, we should probably try <laughs> you know, try again. <laughs> well, yeah, anyone's welcome. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Other other guests include um we've got the guys behind the the team the team from Milanoki who um, launched this week. So if you haven't heard of them, you'll be hearing of them Indeed. soon. It's a a really cool data management uh, app that you can put on iPhones and Android. Um, it works a little bit like those proxy services that used to sort of compress your data. Or I think they still do, Rafe, don't they, on the on the on Nokia's non-smartphones. You know, you can uh, get a, a richer amount of data through a small pipe, but they've That's... added all kinds of controls and, and, and it puts you back in charge of your data usage, which is really cool. So, And loads of other smart people as well. 
Yes, and this is all taking place on Friday the 16th of November with kicking off at 6.30. So if you're in London and you're looking for an exciting start to your weekend, this is surely the perfect event. The only event. Slope off and work early. And I understand there's going to be uh, drinks and enlightened company available. All three of us will be there, many friends of the show as well. So we're really looking forward to it, especially looking forward after Internet Week Europe has been talking all about how great the desktop internet is, saying actually they're completely wrong. We've just wasted the week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. But we're delighted to be part of, you know, Internet of Week. We're, we yes, we're, we're formally part of it. Our event has been uh, integrated into their their calendar. So if you go and have a look at um, Internet Week, you'll, you'll see it. Uh, and 361 is... Degrees podcast, the, hands, the, the, the podcast never shy to bite the hand that feeds it. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely right. And this is, of course, our event number three and version three. Everything always goes smoothly. And that's the, when we get it right. Exactly. Exactly. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, okay, gentlemen. So, um, things of the week this week. Having talked extensively now about our our collective thing, let's do our individual things. Uh, you and McLeod, you get to go first. Uh, right. Mine is Tesco. I am uh, not a a big fan of club cards and those kind of things. I don't really like the idea of being tracked. Necess- club card is a is their loyalty. Yeah, exactly. Scheme. Yeah. You know, they all do it now. Um, however, if you go the, my local Tesco, if you go there, uh, there is no signal, which is really annoying when I'm trying to text um, or email my wife to say look what color of whatever it is it we actually need so there's no signal inside the tesco but they've just launched a wi-fi which is rather useful however you can't get wi-fi unless you give your club card number so i went and got one for that purpose um and gents i i'm also delighted that at tesco you can now do that scanning thing scan as you shop you've seen this you know where, where you you Waitress about it for quite a while. You just you don't bother actually having to check out. You just uh, you walk around scanning barcodes. Right. Now, for those that don't know, this is sometimes called self-scan, and you're given kind of a typical industrial unit scanner. It will scan the barcode, and then it interacts with the cashier's system when you get back to yeah. the till, and you can pack your shopping as you go, rather than having to put it through the checkout. You can just walk straight through with your trolley. At least that's the theory. Of course, if they uh, uh, you're a suspicious-looking character like you, and mm. they will ask you to rescan something, and you have to get all your shopping out, and the whole point of it completely Flipping disappears. Then, but, by uh, the the w- theory is that only happens one in ten times. Yeah, and I, I found it, the one in ten times is the time when you are in a screaming hurry, so use the self-scan machine to be more quick than going through the tills. Right, and, but yeah. every time in Waitrose, every time at Waitrose, every flipping time, I have to... I don't even bother going to waitress anymore because of that nonsense, right? Um, they always, always, always check me. It's flipping pointless. Is, it, is that that because you were shoplifting toilet paper or something? I, I, I refute that allegation. You, you, I know you attached it to the back of your trolley where that little hook is, and you totally forgot to scan it, and they saw you uh, walk out with it, didn't they? No, no, so, no. It's just their stupid, stupid infrastructure. And I've taken my business away from Waitress because of that, by the way. But aren't, aren't those scanners a bit rubbish? Shouldn't you be taking? Shouldn't you be doing like you do an Apple store and, and taking the barcodes with your smartphone? No, I would like to do that. And, and it's this subject, this is my thing of the week, um, and that is I forgot my club card. Right, and I just I cannot stand club cards. I can't stand the whole. Oh my god, my club card! I'm getting points for nothing. I think it's rubbish. Okay, it doesn't do anything for you. And I can't stand the fact that a lot of people have their flipping club card in their wallet. That just winds me up. Something chronic. However, when I got to Tesco this weekend, I thought, right, I want to use that scan and pack thingy. And you, of course, you can't use it unless you've got your club. I forgot it. But then I thought, ah, hold on a minute. The Tesco app on the phone 
has if you, and I've put my club card in there ages ago. Um, so I was able to actually scan my iPhone and um, show off my club card and then go and do my shopping. My point being, isn't it amazing that we are at that stage, right? That that Tesco have, have recognised consumers want might want this facility they've made it public uh, such a massive organization such as tesco has done this it's commonplace now i walk up and i scan my iphone and no one gives an uh, you know no one cares and that i think is really really smart it just reminded me of just how far this industry the mobile industry has come because three or four years ago this would have just been this was a dream that kind of level of interaction with a big company rafe blanford what's your thing of the week uh, my thing of the week, I'm going to go a bit more mobile industry sort of techie, but this is HTC and Apple have been settling their patent dispute uh, relatively unusually announced on a Sunday. Um, but they have basically said we're going to drop all the actions against each other and they've signed a, a 10-year license agreement. Uh, and it also extends to both future and current patents. So that's pretty wide-ranging, especially when you consider the number of uh, legal battles that were going on. Um, and this is all kind of part of the wider Apple versus Android patent wars. But it kind of caught my attention that they've settled with HTC a couple of points, really. It means that Apple has got a price in the sense that it will be willing to settle at some point. But it also kind of uh, it sets almost a, a hierarchy. Um, we know from last year that Apple effectively agreed to license Nokia patents and is paying money to Nokia. I think we can be pretty sure that HTC is going to be paying money to Apple in this instance. So one step down, it doesn't resolve the big one, which is the uh, Samsung Apple thing. And I think that's going to remain uh, quite embattled and bitter for some time to come because they're the two uh, big players, if you like. And almost HTC was a a small one for Apple to to settle. Um, And, you know, their real fight with Samsung. But still, it caught my attention, given we talked about patents on the podcast in the past, that uh, there is kind of hope that all of this will get settled and it won't have a nasty impact on consumers with you know, device imports being blocked and all that kind of thing. My thing of the week, um, voice over IP and ubiquitous or, or easy access to Wi-Fi everywhere rocks. This week I went to Barcelona for a meeting. I sat in a meeting in Barcelona with my smartphone on Wi-Fi, called into a US free phone number, speaking to people from all around the globe, and they had no idea that I wasn't just on a regular call, and it didn't cost me a penny, when if I dialed a US number whilst roaming in Spain and to speak to all those people, it could have been you know tens and tens of pounds in, in years years gone by. So, um, I, you know, that was um, amazing to me. And I mean, it's, Skype is Skype is cool and, you know, other, other voice over IP systems are available. But it just struck me, you know, a real world demonstration of quite how real the operator's problems are, that stuff that used to be a real premium service is now free and absolutely reliable. Mm. In fact, you know, the, the quality was probably better than, uh, than it would have been over a, a dog. Where were you, by the connection. way? I was in Barcelona. No, no, what, um, how did you know your Wi-Fi was good? Because you didn't do it in a coffee shop, right? No, no. I was um, I was using um, our host's Wi-Fi. So we we went for a meeting, and the first thing you when you, when you go for a mm. business meeting now, and you're a visitor in somebody else's office, the first thing they do is give you their Wi-Fi key. Yeah. So you can you know work. It's like a new you know, thing now. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like a coffee? Here's the Wi-Fi key. Go. What are we talking about this week? Uh, Race Blanford. Tell me what we're talking about this week. Rafe doesn't know. <laughs> this is blank sound. <laughs> Blanford? 
this week uh, we thought we'd talk about a topic which I'm just trying to recall desperately as I check. Uh, so I'm inserting words. And I thought it was just silence, but that's great. I remember. Well, Rafe, um, can I can I ask you a question then? Just while you're remembering, do you think it's possible to prepare too much for these podcasts? Do you think uh, we've overthought this? I think it's entirely possible to do that as I'm I'm sort of remembering all the key words but not actually what the point was and all the examples we'd come up with. Give us one keyword. One and now keyword. my mind's actually blanking on the title which is really quite embarrassing. There's a keyword, Rafe. <laughs> okay, so we're go- this week we're talking about whether or not as smartphones have matured that um, services or people who build services should be thinking about uh, making them mobile first, was what uh, you were saying. Now I remember. Ah, yes, that one. <laughs> so um, the reason the reason, the reason, reason we said this is that increasingly now I pull out my smartphone to do tasks before I go and sit down at a laptop. And I'm amazed that now that smartphones are as mature as they are and that they are completely everywhere particularly in the uk but also in north america and all around europe that uh, there still seems to be this sense that in nearly all cases um mobile is kind of an add-on or second place to um a web or a desktop experience actually i mean this might drive towards some of what friday's event we'll yeah. talk about but um I, I i wonder to what extent you think people could build services now which would be mobile first and perhaps even mobile only well, you've got the enterprise enterprise issue still, and I think that's holding a lot of people back. But very quickly, it's not going to take long for the enterprise to say, "Oh, just use that," or "Just use this." And the moment that happens, I think we'll see a watershed. Well, it's it's interesting you say that because one of the things we were talking about before that Rafe has obviously forgotten about was that the. Um, the whole the whole the whole thing that frustrated me this week was I've done some business travel. We well, yay for me. But along with business travel and lots and lots of people do business travel comes expenses. The need to, you know, pay for things out of my own pocket that the company will reimburse me for. And I sat there on the plane looking at this pile of paperwork and expenses and thinking, you know, what a hugely wasted opportunity it was to actually do to to, to do those expenses. And also that I could have captured them in, you know, at the time I was doing them, whilst you know our enterprise exp- uh, expenses system is kind of a, a web-based system. It's a really a glorified spreadsheet, as far as I can as far as I can tell, and it requires you to sort of be online and 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 live, but through a web browser. And it certainly doesn't work mobile. You have to be connected via, you know, um, uh, what what's that rubbish thing that companies have to do now? You know, when you dial in uh, through a VPN. Yes, VPN. No, it it does work oh, right. over the web, good. but but it'll only it'll only work it'll only work through this web page, and and then of course you know there are there are companies like Expensify and people like that who do um, these you know these quite work these quite you know uh, fully featured kind of systems. But the point there is that they're targeted to people who have what I would say are consumer grade expectations. So they're sort of for freelancers and for small businesses, and where you know sort of the people are are able to change the tools they use based on the the you know the, the the pleasantness of the user experience whereas traditionally most very large enterprises go for things that integrate better or or suit the you know the administrative process better and i was saying well you know is this a trend is this something else we can we can pick out because for example instagram started mobile only and has been a, a roaring success it hasn't held it back so where else can we see 
mobile first or mobile only really should now be taking over gosh well do you know what i i i do a a series of presentations to to big companies right you can hire me by the way if you're up for it um and i thought we said no advertising on the podcast <laughs> and if, well uh if you would be interested um you know I, I come along and i do a thing and basically saying you know don't think about internet desktop internet it's it's mobile first and we go through a whole list of reasons why you know it has to be mobile and everyone comes out of the that presentation or that keynote going yeah he's right uh, i everyone, everyone he says um, <laughs> it was not me you and that persuasive it's not me yeah. it's the logic gentlemen it's nothing to do with me <laughs> it's not me it's just my infallible <laughs> arguments <laughs> <laughs> and it's the, the hairdo frankly that um, okay. makes it work no the, the uh, i I don't know if I can conceive of anything specifically here, Ben, right? Because I'm thinking everything. I mean, what, what I'm trying to do it the other way and saying, okay, what could only go, what could only work desktop first? I, I think it's not necessarily a question of what is only desktop, but I kind of quantify it by um, where is the most likely place to interact with it. And perhaps most importantly, the way you're inputting data or stuff into it and instagram's a good example of this because it's pictures that you take on your phone so of course it's going to be mobile first and you can look at twitter in the same way and the way that started mobile first the idea of kind of text messages and all of that and then it kind of went through a period where desktop became quite big and now it's almost returning to to mobile in a bigger way especially now that twitter's investing in apps and kind of locking down third-party apps and that's interesting area to both in itself but there are some things which you know probably work better on on a desktop or on a computer, and I was kind of thinking of mobile banking, and it's not that it shouldn't be mobile, it needs to be mobile as well, but I think a lot of people use mobile banking, they kind of sit down and they do their accounts or their paying of bills, and they will, you know, set up standing orders or bill payments, but they might then want to kind of activate them or process them each month from a a mobile banking app. So I think it's dangerous necessarily to go, it has to be just mobile or just desktop, um, and instead think about the way you're using it and where you want to use it. And Ben's example of the receipts is a perfect example. Um, you want to enter that data from mobile because you know, you've got expenses, the chance that you're doing some form of traveling, you've got a bit of downtime. But when it comes to the other side of that, which is managing the payment of expenses and doing any statistical analysis or with the accounts department, they don't want to do that on their mobile phone. They probably want to do it while they're sitting at the accounts desk with their big multiple screens or whatever it happens to be. Mm. Um, well, I guess some, sometimes the um, penny pinches don't have multiple screens, but anyway, that's kind of beside well, the point. Okay, I'm trying to think. So I would like to be able to send invoices to customers uh, via my mobile. I just don't have that capability at the moment. I know it does exist. I just don't have that system, and it's you know, my accountants don't. But would use that, that be the the primary way that you do it? Yeah, there's no reason, there's no reason whatsoever for me to have to do this. See, no. see I, I I disagree. I mean, I'm all for the move to mobile in the, it's the ubiquity of being able to do stuff everywhere. But I'm the first one to say that they're fundamentally limited as devices because of the size of the screen or the size of the keyboard. And computers are still better for a lot of things. I mean, the reason tablets exist in a sense is because people wanted to be able to use a bigger screen and maybe better text entry as well and there are a lot of services that are quite you know dependent on heavy amounts of input that can't easily be done from a mobile phone and so i'm very reluctant to sort of move to this idea that everything has to be um mobile first 
uh, I think you need to optimize around each particular service. Uh, although, I, you know, as I say, uh, I think every service really I can think of should have some kind of mobile interface to some extent or the other. But you know, you shouldn't rush towards it as some kind of promised land, or because I think it could be a you know a false oasis in a sense you, if you, you know what, if you shift everything that way. You know what I want actually, and it's quite simple. Is I just want. Um, all the key information about every business and every service to be easily available immediately through mobile. And I'm amazed how frequently it's... Such as, such yeah. I know what um, you mean, such as. Okay, parking. I am driving to a town I've not been to before and I need to park my mm. car. Where is the nearest car park? Well, even before the advent of Apple Maps... Google Maps was terrible at finding you parking yep. because it could show you where like a, a private car park was. And I say, oh, NCP is a brand of car parks in the UK. You know, there's one here. But um, have you ever tried, for example, to go onto um, a council website and to find out when parking restrictions apply in you know a certain part of town? <sighs> like last year, I needed to drive into London just before Christmas to collect some things. And I needed to know when do the parking restrictions in Westminster apply? And you know, there's the 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 really vicious there. It's incredibly busy, you know, and then the the metered parking is expensive. And you literally cannot find out easily. You, you to to do that, I had to come home, um, download a map which showed all the zones, and then download a lookup chart. Which oh showed, my which, god! You and you can't do it. And you would have thought, well, surely. You know, finding finding information on parking spaces, for example, would be precisely the sort of thing you would need to do whilst you're on the move. Because you know, how many how long how many times do you do you plan to go and park somewhere, perhaps that you know, and then realise actually there's no spaces and you need to go somewhere else. You tend to think of when you say mobile first, you tend to think, oh, there must be an app that does something. And I, you know, my expenses example, I would stand by. And there are some other bits and pieces I think I would like to do, you know, sort of mobile first as well. And, and particularly um, within the corporate environment, I'm always frustrated that, uh, you know, can't access any of the enterprise tools except at the desktop yeah. when, you know, expenses, perhaps booking meeting rooms, looking up the contact details for colleagues in the in the online you know, address book. Most of those things don't work well through mobile. I think we have to be somewhat careful here in that mobile is a relatively recent uh, thing and so people did find ways to do it beforehand but to, to Ben's point there there are two interesting divisions if you like there's I think a need for a good universal mobile web experience and that's the idea that every web page particularly for ones that are giving information that might be useful when you're out and about need to work well on a mobile phone and be that the cinema or the council it's not mobile web then uh Rafe, sorry it's not mobile web. Well, you don't need a good mobile well, web experience. You need a good service experience. Nothing. Whether uh, I, well, I, I, I was going to come to that. The second part of that is then the idea of services, right. which are essentially what you add on top of mobile web, or that gives you the right. even better data experience. Connection, so take the parking, parking example. Um, it's actually a lot harder to realise than that you may think, but the rewards are are worth it and i can actually legitimately you mentioned nokia without everyone laughing at me on the podcast because no we will still laugh at uh, you it's okay okay fine well their their maps and location division or what was navtech do various products for the maps and it's the basic map layer but you have something like traffic information and then you've had pedestrian information come in and public transport they're actually introducing a new one at the moment that's specifically for parking and what it will do is it will tell you where your nearest car parking is 
and it will give you information about the pricing, the timing, the charging and all of that. But on top of that, it will actually tell you how many cars are parked in this car park. So live information about whether there's actually spaces there or not. And you can then also integrate payment. Uh, So you can potentially arrive. It will know when you've arrived and it will know when you leave based on the GPS on your phone and will charge you the correct amount. So you don't have to guess how many hours you're going to be there for or worry about payment before you get back in the car. And obviously that gives you a much more powerful experience but the the trouble they have setting that up is they have to aggregate all that data together they have to integrate with all kinds of systems and of course it wouldn't work if every car park had its own app you need some kind of central system and you had that same challenge with maps and it took a a decade to perfect and before that you had each country doing their own map you know we had ordnance survey in the uk and each country had its own mapping organization so it's easy to sit here and go oh yes needs to be mobile first this service I mean, I would be happy if there was ubiquitous mobile web to start with. And I agree, ideally, mobile service everywhere. But the kind of, some of the infrastructure, the collation of data, payment systems that we're talking about, incredibly complex to do. So it shouldn't be underestimated as a challenge. But I do think the rewards are commensurate with the effort. Uh, your, your example, I think, I think your example in that case, Rafe, is, is, is well made in terms of paying, paying for parking in a commercial provider. But I think you and ServicePoint, also rings true because all of the all of the information that I cited, for example, about physically where are you allowed to park on the streets of a particular council or something like that, is generally already available and it's already available on the web. So the issue is not um, probably mobilising that content because again that's now pretty much a commodity service. But it's it's as Ewan's point was making, it's about service thinking, which is realizing that people don't go to a website to read up and research on parking zones just for interest they go to address a particular query and they and to understand that they go to address a particular query and they're probably because of that query they're probably coming in from a mobile device and so you could present the same information through the same website but start with a but start with a process that says, actually, I'm not going to just display a map of you know all of your options or a PDF of all of all of the information, but I'm going to actually uh, accept that the the probably this person has quite a specific query and, and work through that. Especially one. if you oh, if you're coming uh, from an IP from a mobile operator. Well, uh, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, pe- people always assume mobile web means a simple translation of a desktop page to mobile. Mm. I think that's by far and away the kind of most brutish approach if you will you you actually need to rethink about the whole experience just as you would if you're designing a website you think about how someone's going to step through it you should do that same thing for a mobile device and when when i say mobile web i'm really meaning accessing through the mobile browser so it's available on as many devices as possible but absolutely you need to rethink it and for anything that's sort of location aware i would be tempted to say that you should be using you know um, the fact that browsers can now do geolocation if they've uh, got the support for it, that's not difficult to do to get that information then sort of give a, a localised option. As long as there's then some clear search box so you can search another location if you want to as well. Uh, but that kind of, you know, web mobile app, if you will, or, you know, it, it is a service approach. It just happens to be coming through the browser. Um, I think that's a, a really important distinction to make. It's not just about, as you say, mobilising the content. It's about how you discover and interact with any of that contact. So can we think of anything else that we think should be mobile first? I want a mobile first manifesto. 
I, I, I really think that everything. Right, tell me something that shouldn't be mobile first. Well, I, I think, for example, um, I don't know, the, the process of, um, I don't know, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot now, because I was going to say the process of booking travel. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, not because it's you mean browsing it's, for the travel. Yeah, that's I think that's what I mean. It's because I I book loads of travel through mobile yeah. now, but actually I the, I'm I'm picking routes and operators and providers that I've used frequently. So I want the convenience of being able to book. As I think I said in a previous podcast when I've you know when we've perhaps we've met some friends and we've agreed we're going yeah. to travel together. Um, but if I was going somewhere I'd never been before, I'd want the desktop experience. To research, you know, comparison shopping, all those kinds of things. Well, no, you just want um, a bigger, so think, a bigger experience, a tablet, or or desktop. But it, what you're talking about, you maybe you're differentiating between small screen, big screen. Not necessarily. Doesn't you don't have to do it on a physical desktop, do you? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't need to. But also, I wouldn't do comparison shopping on the move. If you see what I mean, it's it's a time, it, just the pro, the time it takes to hey, do hey, that. Hey, on, on that point, I actually use a red laser for the first time properly in anger. Um, we were out in a sh- oh, that's the the barcode yeah, scanner. Yeah, we're out in a shop, and my wife's going, "You should buy that jacket." I'm going, "No, no, it's a, it's a North Face one, right?" So I I know. Oh look, she's she's dragging you into the she's dragging you into good taste. Thanks. Do you, you understand? I have a North Face one. It's that rubbish brown one. It was the last one in the uh, yes. shop in San Francisco four years ago. That's my ski jacket. Uh, anyway, I, I just didn't like the color, but it was the only one we had. And we were going skiing the next day. Anyway, um, in this shop, I was standing there, and the poor chap's looking at me as I scan the barcode and say, <laughs> darling, it's 60 quid cheaper online. Um, stares at me. <laughs> She's not impressed. And I, oh, we buy it there and then because the XL size was not available. But if the XL, uh, on the internet, uh, this particular shop, but it was £60 cheaper. Um, yes. And what's interesting is I didn't need a jacket there and then, right? So I would have quite happily gone click, click and ordered it. Um, if it had been in stock, now I I wanted the jacket soonish. Didn't want to have to wait. I, this in stock thing, I, it said it was out of stock. But you know that that was a great example of of actually shopping where I don't care. It's a product. I just want it now. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. So I think you're right. But tr- booking stuff or buying or browsing, maybe it's a browsing online. But think of some transactions that don't. What other transactions do you have that must be done via desktop? It's not so much must be done by a desktop, but it's a, a more pleasant experience. And I would add something like ebook reading is better on a dedicated ebook device or on a tablet than oh, it is come on, on but that doesn't. Phone. We're talking about enterprise apps and services. Well, it applies to consumer as well, though. You know, reading news, that's a service or a newspaper. Hold on, are you going to stand by and, that comment? Are you going to stand, yes, by, you're I going to stand by that they're, comment? They're all services of a sort. Right, okay, so you're saying um, that and anyone. The, the ones that kind of become mobile or, you know, are, are done mm-hmm. with mobile devices are the ones that are best suited for that you know there's plenty of things that you don't do i mean Insert another example might be getting exercise there are apps out there on mobile that help you do that you know run tracker or sports tracker that kind of thing but for a lot of people it will still be easier to go off to the gym because of all the motivation the equipment available there um and i think you can sort of extend that to you know certain types of games for example some work better on desktop computers or consoles and work on mobile devices and you could extend that to content consumption you know there's a reason we don't watch all our movies on 
our mobile devices. We watch them on big screen TVs. I only watch movies at the on cinema, what, cinema? And, you know, on, on the phone. That's because I've got children and young children. Okay, so you know there are caveats to all of this. Uh, okay, you, I only read. Um, I don't mind. have a Kindle. I um, read, and I would say something like a spreadsheet. You know, although that's an app, it can also be a service if it's pulling in data from elsewhere. And there are lots of enterprise applications that sort of fit into that mold of you know data entry, which are more convenient to do on a computer on a desktop than are on a mobile device. But I, I also think that the, the the reason I started thinking about this and the, the thing I keep coming back to is that it doesn't need to be. Every, it doesn't need to be everything I do, but it needs to be that that companies, particularly, and and also maybe you know sort of firms when you work for them, need to understand that there are there are some tasks that are, are better mobile first. And I was trying to try to think about how to describe them. And for me, it seems to be the ones that I consider as chores, anything that I've got to do on an occasional basis that sort of just takes up some of my an annoying takes up some three of my minutes time. because it's you like, go click 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 and you got to do it in a exactly. special way. So um. Booking booking a meeting oh. room, booking a meeting room, for example, when you're at work, or um, claiming some expenses, or I was thinking for home, um, doing the do it, reading the reading the gas meter and the water meter to tell the company the companies what we've used because we still don't have smart yeah. metering here in the UK. Um, you know, sort of buying my buying my car tax disc or booking my car in for a service. My car, I don't know about yours, Buen, um, my, my car pings up something on the dashboard that says, hey, you've driven this many thousands of miles. I think I need to go to the garage now and get some new know, engine juice yeah. or whatever. Um, I want just to fire up my phone and go click, click, book. Exactly, I just want it done. I, don't even want, I just want it done. I want someone to come pick it up. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the collection is sort of the, the, the optional piece, but it's more a case of just to take advantage of the fact that what actually happens is that I forget and I forget and then I remember and then I have to go home and I write it in my to-do list and it just becomes another task that doesn't need to be done when when I'm at my computer sitting at my desk when I should be doing um, the, the tasks that require extended periods right. of concentration. So do you know, on that point, I think you're absolutely right there. On that point, with Amazon, I think we probably mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago, um, I don't put anything down now. I don't think I was by immediately. So when I remember that we need no more nappies or more this or more that or a new pair of shoelaces, I just do it there and there. The moment I remember it, I take out my phone and book it. So I don't have to think yeah. about it. See, no, I, I would it, take issue with it being chores because I think there's plenty of things that aren't chores that are better on mobile. And I would say it's almost it's anything that you don't want to do when you're tied to a computer. And as I say, I think it's to do with the physical characteristics of the device and perhaps with the amount of time it takes. So, you know, chores that are typically short recording this but think about something like facebook which really started as web first but i know there's an awful lot of people now consuming it mobile oh, first yeah. and we had a you know discussion i think last season about that uh, and that's not really really a chore unless you consider <laughs> maintaining your social network as a chore which i think maybe uh, some people do so perhaps, perhaps it, chores are, are like a subset but these are all to me even quickly checking facebook is something you do on impulse and you do it on mobile because you just think either I've got some time free, what would yeah. I do? Or oh, I wonder if so-and-so's baby has arrived yet or uh, or if there are any photos from the pub up yet. And they're, they're all, you know, again, maybe chores is like a, a different type, but they're all things that you do and you can satisfy the need more quickly if you just do it immediately than than, than thinking and planning it, planning it later because the that- effort... There, I think it might be the the answer. Doing it there and then doing it immediately yeah. 
So it's almost these ubiquitous tasks. And I wouldn't even say it's necessarily related to mobile, but because mobile is the device you always have with you, that's most often going to be the thing you want to do it on. And I think you can then tie into looking towards the future of the ubiquitous access to to services and uh, computing devices in some form or another. And you use the example of your car servicing them. Ideally, your car would be able to look at your calendar and book it in for a service when it knew it would be convenient and maybe just ask you to confirm it and it kind of gets a bit close to the idea of internet fridges ordering milk themselves oh, uh, i don't like an, those ideas yeah. there's an element of truth in this kind of it's taking away you know that discomfort as you kind of put it from doing chores but equally well a lot of these things um you know Say you had a, a flexible screen that, you know, down on your table when you're eating your breakfast, you know, the I- idea of these surface tables that ask you a series of questions in the sort of three minutes you've got spare from breakfast saying, would you like to renew your card? So you just go, yes, yes love please. it, love that, love that. Uh, yeah. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a mobile device. So I would True. say it's, you know, ubiquitous tasks. Mm. And that's why I think, you know, people often talk about mobile as being the end of the computing experience. I, I don't think that's true at all. I think it may well be the heartbeat controlling everything. And, you know, it'll be your mobile in your pocket that's a bit controlling what's showing you on that surface table. But imagine the start of the day, all these tasks that you've got to do, you can just check them off and you've got a nice big screen on which to do them on and everything else that kind of gets away from that limits of doing it on the mobile phone when you're on the train. Or you're on the train and rather than it being on your phone screen, you've got a, you know, a screen in the back of your seat or on a plane or wherever else you happen to be. And that's kind of where i think services need to go but that does mean obviously independence from one form of device or another so just to kind of throw a spanner in the works completely it's yeah it's i i think trying to draw a box around it is difficult but the other thing that um the the other thing i've been thinking about recently and and apologies i'm going to talk about work very quickly before we wrap up because we're we're horribly out of time you for horror ben Uh, I, no, actually, I'm not. No, don't don't ring me up. Don't no give me any of your money. Um, we people who've been casually following me will know that you know I, I work in in the the innovation bit of our business, and one of the things we're building at the moment is mobile learning tools. And everyone sort of rolls their eyes and says, "Oh, why would you want to learn on a mobile? It's rubbish." But if you think about it, um, the mobile is a great way to do revision. So if you are preparing for some mm. test or if you're needing to perhaps attain some standard uh, you know, in a workplace, like a professional qualification, sure, you might have classroom sessions and you might do you know, sort of big learning on a big screen at a desktop when you spend an hour or two hours you know, having a structured lesson taught to you. But I then always need to go away and revise and remember and quiz myself and test. And so those those sudden impulses to want to quickly either look something up that I learned to check it or test my knowledge after I've done it to give myself reassurance that perhaps you know, even driving tests, let's say, you know, I'm coming up to my driving test, can I remember the highway code things that I'm going to have to do? Those are perfect for mobile because even though that process doesn't need to be mobile, the, the pleasure of being able to satisfy it instantly, mm. of being able to calm my nerves or be able to get, know that, as you said, you and get the shop, know that the shopping's coming or do it now because it will take more time to, rem- more hassle to remember and do it later. That's that's the sense of what should be mobile first and i I actually i'm I'm going to spend the next week every time i do some kind of transaction or job i'm going to think would it have been better if i'm going to mobile first i'm going to write a list there you go that's my promise to you all thank you 
There you go. Right, now, can I give a list of names? Yes. Are you sure? I, I wasn't yes, expecting but... to say yes. I was expecting to say no. All right, okay. Thank you to Matt. Thank you to Mark. Thank you to Dan. Thank you to Andrew Arneson. Uh, thank you to Andy Hagen. Hagen? Always. And it is still alive after Hurricane Sandy, so indeed, that's good to indeed. know. Indeed. Ian Barton and Rafe Blanford. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Why are we thanking I just thought Blanford? I should put it in there. Um, okay. And then comments. Yeah, I'm on the other one now. Robert uh, Wigley's back. Good man. JCE2702. Vlad0. Callus Sticker. Stephen Forbes1. Jam, no, Jam O.I. Holland. Jamoy Holland. That's Jamie. Yeah, I know, Holland. I know, but why is he called Jamoy Holland? I died. Okay, right. We'll ask uh, so those are all the people that have uh, commented on either SoundCloud or on our main website. Thank you very much. Yes. Well, I, uh, I think we should uh, also give a special uh, thank you to Simon Blackman, who sent me a long email, which I think is quite relevant for what we've been talking about today, living in a rural area and not having access to 3G and only having... Uh, signal from one of the mobile operators and it's only a 2G signal. I'm in exactly the same position so the broadband isn't as fast as it should be. So for all of this mobile stuff, you do actually require a decent connection for it to, to work and a lot of the time it doesn't. No, as no. So at what you point, found out in his local yeah, Tesco. So before we get excited about mobile first, could we maybe have connectivity everywhere first? And yes, Simon, thank you for your email. Ray forwarded it on to the rest of the team. Mm. And I think we're going to talk about this in a future episode because it is a point we have neglected. In I was being emotive. Yeah, and we're all grumpy old men too. Thank you very much for listening. As ever, we'd welcome your feedback. And if you are in London, please, this Friday on the 16th of November, please come to LBI, who are based on Brick Lane. There are details on the website and uh, enjoy an evening with the 361 team. Bye-bye.